Hey guys, you're about to listen to my interview with Manuel Messner. Manuel is the co-founder and CEO of Mazing. Mazing is incredible AR technology for e-commerce merchants, and they also have brand new automated AR try-on technology for fashion merchants. Have a listen. I think you're going to enjoy it. This is the E-Commerce Edge podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pod. I've got an amazing guest for you guys today that I've been looking forward to speaking to for some time now, especially since we met online via LinkedIn. I've got Manuel Messner from Amazing 3D AR Solutions. Welcome, Manuel. Thank you very much, Jason. Looking forward to our discussion. So am I. Look, it's interesting because I see we've had some sort of AR, VR type technology vendors on the podcast before, mostly in relation to personalization of products, visualization of products, real-time personalization. Also, we've had some try-on technology or virtual fitment technology on the podcast before. But based, I've never worked with your technology before, but at least as far as I can tell, you guys don't work with just one vertical. You guys have really designed your technology to be pan-vertical, cross-vertical, to where your technology can allow merchants to help customers to better visualize their products in three dimensions. So it's, it almost takes these products and almost turns them into, you know, digital products, virtual products, it virtualizes them in a way that you can not only visualize them in 3D and rotate them and show them in different durations, but also show them in physical spaces. And you don't only work with, say, for example, fashion tech, you work with pretty much any physical product. So it, it at least as far as I can tell, and at least as far as I can tell from your website and from the initial look into the technology, you guys are very much pan-vertical. Yeah, exactly, Jason. Very well said. So we took the approach that we really want to transform the shopping experience of today's online shop. You look on a web shop and it's mainly just pictures, whatever you can configure it or not, it's flat. But in fact, our world is not flat. So we said we want to take this approach and de-ice our shopping experience. So as you said, you can 360 degree view of products, but also place them in your own home, real time, just with the smartphone, with no app required, and also try them on like shoes or glasses. And so I guess that means that the customer, let's say it was a fashion product, then they would upload, I'm guessing they would upload an image of themselves into your system so that they could then virtually try on those products. Or how does, from a technical perspective, how does one as an end customer, not so much as a merchant, but how does the end customer interact with that virtual try on technology? So if you now see a shoe on your website, you just see the picture, right? But with our technology, you can press the try on button and on the smartphone, the camera opens immediately. You point the smartphone camera to your, and then your feet will be overlaid with a 3D model of shoes. So you really feel like you have the shoes tried on in real life like in a video. Makes complete sense. Now, let's say you were wanting to try on a shirt or some pants or a belt or something like that. Would the, you then point your camera at a mirror, let's say a, a mirror in your bathroom or something like that, so that you could then virtually see it 
overlaid over your that's a good question for shirts and fashion items such as belts we're really just working on that it's much more complex than shoes or glasses because the body has more different shapes let's say it makes it more different difficult to recognize the body um so in real time we're really just working on that and i guess it will take a couple of more months until we release that so right now we can track feet and face with machine learning and so would you just upload almost like a selfie to the system if you had to take a selfie picture of your face or would you just use the reverse camera in the selfie position and then you could overlay different things yeah, the reverse camera. So the glasses work on both smartphone and desktop because you simply look into camera, right? For the feet, it's a little bit more difficult with the desktop, of course. So we always generate a QR code here. You scan the QR code and then you point the smartphone camera to your feet. Okay, makes sense. And for the merchant side of it, from an administration perspective, how do the how does the merchant create these 3D models of these physical products, whether it's, I guess, whether it's furniture, whether it's a, a pool table, whether it's a, it really doesn't matter, I guess, what it is. It could be a car for that matter. How do they create 3D models? Do they just step around the product with their camera or is there specific technology they need to have on their side to be able to create these 3D models of, or three, these really the 3D images of their products. So that has been actually the biggest bottleneck so far in terms of creating AR, because this 3D model creation is costly, expensive. In the past, you had to hire 3D artists or you had to scan products, especially if you're talking about furniture, then this is a problem because you have to ship it to a 3D scanner or whatsoever so we are taking a little bit different approach here so we get pictures of the merchant three to five is really enough and our artificial intelligence creates a basic model of those pictures so they say and this 3d model is not really usable yet 3d artists then have to improve it but it saves a lot of time and it already makes that scalable so this mixture between artificial intelligence and human design human eye really makes the 3d model then super nice and also scalable in production and so you do you consider yourself a SaaS platform or do you consider yourself a SaaS platform or tech platform plus a professional services managed services type of service to where you guys provide the 3d artists or is the merchant expected to use your technology upload the images begin the stitching of the images together in your technology also have a 3d artist on staff how does the model of merchants actually engaging with your technology work? so it's actually a mixture mostly merchants don't really know how to use ar yet so i think this personal contact is very important if we will walk through the process real quick like a merchant would contact us we see what kind of technology fits him if he or she already has 3D models. If yes, okay, I'll simply open the SaaS platform for the merchant. They can upload their own 3D model, choose the AR tech, so whether it's virtual try-on or for furniture placing products on the floor. So it's simply a matter of choosing the right AR tech. If they don't have the 3D models yet, we have to look into the complexity of the models and the quantity, so they'll create, get a custom quote for that. 
Makes sense. Now, as far as I could tell, you've effectively got four major modules or components of your platform. So you've got the amazing 3D AR core platform, which is a, a hosting platform of all of this tech. And then you've got the 3D creation capability, which is, I guess, essentially the AI piece where you can start stitching images together. You have those three to five images of a specific product and your platform will start stitching those images together to be finalized by a human being and reviewed effectively by a human being or a 3D artist. Then you've got the web AR commerce piece, which I guess is the, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is the integration of your hosted platform into, say, for example, an e-commerce platform. And it looks, at least as far as I can tell, again, that you've got integrations with WooCommerce, Magento, Shopify, PrestaShop, Shopware. As of right now, it doesn't look like you've got big commerce or Salesforce Commerce Cloud or a few of the other platforms out there yet, but I'm guessing you're working on those. And then from there, um, so you've got the integration so that the on the correct product page, you're showing the correct AR products and the AR models, the augmented models. And then also, I'm guessing that then also, depending on the device that the end customer accesses those images through. So obviously, if you're on mobile, then it's going to trigger off that mobile optimized experience with the AR functionality built in. And then from there, you've also got now, which as I understand it, is your latest module, which is the virtual try-on tech. Yeah, very well summarized to the platform. Maybe a short comment here. Actually, you can integrate it to any platform. It doesn't really matter for those web shops I mentioned or which I mentioned on the website, Shopify, WooCommerce and so on with plugins. So that's a very quick and easy way but for the other shops, we usually integrate that manually, which means with links or iframes. So at the end of the day, this 3D augmented reality viewer is nothing more than a web link. I mentioned before that we don't use apps, so we solely focus on web-based AR. And this very link can be integrated in any web shop. And if you're then on the web shop, on the merchant site, if you click the augmented reality button, the amazing link at the end of the day pops up, the camera opens and you either place the product, which would be the web AR e-commerce solution, or you try them on, which would be the virtual try-on solution. Makes sense. And I'm guessing you use maybe a JavaScript snippet or something like that to help detect the linkage between say, for example, the SKU or SKUs, variant SKUs, on a product page and the SKU linked to that our experience in your platform so you can link them together at the SKU level. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great, and from a customer experience perspective, do customers need to have a reasonably modern smartphone and what kind of technology does the customer need to have from a user experience perspective? You said you were using ARKit uh, from the iOS side of things, what if they're using what if they're using Android? Is the experience optimized basically for almost any mobile device or modern mobile device made within say the last five years? Yeah, it is absolutely. So currently European and US market we cover around 97% of smartphones which are out there, almost all smartphones. Then of course they are like very cheap smartphones, which would say, okay. They are like 30, 40 euro when you buy them. These kind of smartphones we don't really support because they simply don't have the adequate hardware. But yeah, besides that, we support iOS, Android, any kind of tablets run on iOS or Android. And from iPhone perspective, it works very well from iPhone 6S 
Android, all smartphones which are not older than five years. Maybe a comment here. So for web AR, we have the floor tracking and the wall tracking. For the wall tracking, it doesn't work well on the Android yet. iPhone does that very well, so they very well, the hardware very well detects the walls but Android is a little bit lacking behind here. Okay, and so this is gonna mainly affect, for Android users, this is gonna mainly affect something like if you were wanting to visualize a piece of art on a wall, if you're wanting to visualize a clock on a wall, if you were wanting to visualize a piece of furniture in a corner space that where it, in, it involved walls and floors, I'm guessing, or a piece of furniture that was going to go up against a wall, something like that. I guess that's where it's going to impact the customer experience most in those scenarios. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it doesn't work so well. Yeah, I guess that's the whole thing of, uh, about iOS is they are, Apple's been light years ahead for a long time and Android's been playing catch up since our kit was released. Yeah, it's interesting because Apple's journey, if you follow a bit Tim Cook as well, he already said years ago that AR is going to be the next big thing and eventually also replace the smartphone. So already looking a bit in the future here, it's really interesting how Apple drives this change and how deeply they believe in this next evolution of, of devices at the end of the day. And we really want to be at the forefront here and help e-commerce shops already implement AR now today. Yeah, it feels like some of this, especially from a VR perspective, is Web3 VR crypto tees, et cetera. Yeah. It feels like that entire industry derailed a bit, obviously, by the by high inflation, by the recession, the engineered recession, which is what's been engineered through rising interest rates intentionally to try to cool down all of these economies that have radical inflation at the moment. Every central bank is obviously this is getting a little bit off track, but I think it does in relate to you and your business because this is all where the entire industry was headed for the last three or four years. It was all the industry could talk about was VR and particularly us moving to the space where humans were going to live in virtual worlds, they were going to spend virtual currencies, all of their goods were going to be virtual and digital in nature as opposed to even wanting to buy too many physical goods moving forward. And then all of a sudden, the implosion of FTX and the blow up of crypto, etc. It definitely put the brakes on even meta themselves have radically slowed down their VR ambitions. But I think that AR is much more achievable in the short to medium term. And as you say, it feels like all of the major tech companies remain committed to AR, even if they've put their VR ambitions somewhat on ice, AR seems to be full steam ahead at this stage. Yeah, for sure. While I really see this kind of mixture and we have to look at which kind of applications do make sense in VR and with kind, which kind of applications make sense in AR. VR for sure, I, I love those virtual meetings. So I think VR will be heading here, but everything else when it comes to daily life, AR is really the lessonal technology, so to say. And also talking with people, and many people are really afraid of living in this virtual world and even being more and more engaged in VR classes or whatsoever. And with AR, it, it's not so serious, let's say people, Take it more lighthearted and say, yeah, it would be cool if I uh, would walk around and see my Google Maps now in AR instead of my phone. But they don't want to sit around in their own home and just live in this virtual world and don't meet friends anymore in real life. 
absolutely. I think I'm fairly and squarely in that camp. And obviously the adoption of AR, especially through the phone, like the technology that you guys have built, it feels very natural, right? It feels very natural to hold up your phone, taking selfies all the time. You're taking photos of things all the time. You're taking videos of things all the time to hold up your phone in a physical space so that you can visualize something in a physical space so that you can visualize something on yourself via your phone, which you're using all the time anyway. From an adoption curve perspective, you don't need AR glasses to use your technology. You can use a phone that you're using every day anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's the big thing here. And how do you guys see yourselves? Because this feels like a gold rush time for AR. As you say, Apple, every major tech company is pouring billions of dollars into AR, and they're actually diverting funds away from many VR projects back to AR projects uh, as the natural stepping stone, first step stepping stone to full-blown VR. And so the AR industry is just exploding right now. How do you guys see yourself as different from some of your major competitors out there we've had? Avatar with two A's, Avatar, they do 3D AR interactive product discovery. They provide maybe akin to what you do, slightly different, but something akin to what you do. And there's just so, it does, it literally feels like a gold rush right now in terms of AR technology. How do you guys feel that you have been able to differentiate yourselves from some of the other major players in the market? Yeah, absolutely. The gold rush, I can only agree. I love that Amazon rolled out AR on the app so for almost all the furniture products they have on the app and also the shoes. So this is really where we see now, okay, the market is taking off. To your question, how we differentiate ourselves, it's really this whole process getting from the 2D picture to the 3D AR experience. You can scan products with your Polycam app, but it doesn't really work well and the quality, etc. It's not there where you want to see it. When you offer products like furniture, you really want to want your client to visualize a top-notch 3D model of your sofa in your own home and not just an approximate approximation, let's say. So the process and the quality of the 3D models and the try-on, this is really where we say, okay, this makes amazing special. Yeah, absolutely. And what I, at least as far as what I can see, and based on what you said, it feels like not only do you have this, you've got this blend, right? You've got this blend between tech and the human interaction of your teams with the specialists in 3D, the specialists in web AR, the specialists in 3D modeling and custom, I guess, custom stitching of images together also with, with the custom 3D overlay. Some of the images that I can see on your website, they look spec spectacular literally there it's almost like this is going to sound bad but they almost look cartoonish in their accuracy of the products like it, when you if you're looking at the pool table here a foosball table they almost look like a cartoon image they're almost almost like video game like is probably the better terminology here and it is i can tell that it's a real product i can tell that it's a real thing but it's almost a video game realistic in the way that you view these images in, in, in three dimensions and i guess that's where the 3D modeler capability, the human capability comes in to understand how this product should look in three dimensions. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And the details matter at the end of the day. The texture, does it really look like the wood, almost like the touch and feel? And as like it is gradually improving. So we're really working into integrating 
room lightning so if you place the sofa in your own home it will look different depending on your lights of the room itself so these are the small nuances which at the end of the day also drive get the conversion rate if you feel like okay there is this more or less good 3d model now in your home will it really improve the conversion rate i don't know maybe the size get a good input of the size so you definitely reduce returns but this conversion rate aspect here is driven by the design and the wow effect you say wow this foosball table these shoes this lamp just looks amazing in my room and for you guys i guess there's two questions that drop out of this what types of merchants are typically your customers meaning do they have to really see and visualize the conversion uplift because i'm guessing that it does take a bit of time especially if you've got a big catalog you've got thousands of products in your catalog maybe you're going to pick your start off with maybe your top 10 percent of your best sellers and you're going to go because it's a process it's a process to get the images it's a process to have the professional 3d modelers to review those images and make sure they look perfect or as close to perfect as possible so there's an onboarding process that i'm sure that takes place here and it's it is it's going to take some time for most merchants especially if they only have 2d images today and especially if they don't have great 2d images today then you know garbage in garbage out so they may need to take some new images for you guys what types of merchants are typically you finding willing to put the time and energy and investment into this type of technology and then my second question on the back of that is where are you getting your 3D modelers from? Are they coming from game design background? Are they coming from a graphic design background? What kind of specialists are you bringing on board to help ease the process of merchants getting into your... Interesting. First question, huh. the mindset is the first thing. So we see that the merchants, especially in this stage, um, especially in Europe, I have to say the US is a bit beyond, let's say, those innovation-ready decision-makers who think, okay, they want to transform something because it's not just an add-on, it's really something transformative. These are our perfect target group, let's say. Also, these people see the value and these people then at the end of the day also advertise it in the right way on their webshop. So, yeah, it's really just about mindset here niche wise it's so different we have a lot of canvas shops we have a lot of furniture retailers we also have very big um yeah furniture retailers who are actually quite old school in the mindset but might have seen the ar solution on amazon and thought okay all right now maybe it's time to step up our game and also do ar here yeah, it makes sense. And then in terms of internal talent that you guys look to take on board, where are you finding the talent? Are you taking raw, raw graphic design students straight out of uni and then training them up specifically in your tech? Are you finding that you need to find really experienced designers, video game design, ex-video game designers, et cetera, that can really come on board and hit the ground running with you? The big advantage here was that my brother and co-founder, he had very good knowledge in 3D. So we onboarded a lot of let's say rookies and train them because game design also construction 3d design is very much different and you don't really find this ar 3d model design talent and it's very much different actually to all the other 3d modeling techniques you find here so we really say okay we just train them and improve over time with client projects 
Yeah, make makes sense. Obviously, your tech is unique and specialized in nature. So it makes sense that you would effectively have to onboard people through your own process to ensure that they're trained in your way of thinking. It's not just it's not just tech, right? It is trained in your way of thinking, your way of seeing the world, your way of seeing how products can be optimized for better conversion, a better customer experience. And so I guess if they come from, say, for example, a video game design background, they don't necessarily have the e-commerce chops required to see the world through that commercial lens. And so it makes sense that you'd have to onboard them into this commercial mindset uh, because at the end of the day, you guys have to help create valuable commercial outcomes for your merchants. Otherwise, they're going to drop your technology. If they don't, if they don't see a conversion rate uplift, if they don't, they're going to churn, right? And so I guess at the end of the day, you're looking to help create commercial outcomes for your merchants. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not just about conversions, but also returns. So some of our clients that say conversions stayed the same, maybe even decreased slightly, but the returns decreased in such a profound way that they save a lot of money that it doesn't matter and they are just happy that they have less returns. Especially when we talk about bulky products like a foosball table or furniture. Believe it or not, the retailers very often said people ordered the sofa and didn't even measure if it's going to fit. So that's, of course, huge costs here for the furniture retailer to send that back. Yeah, absolutely. No, I can totally see that. It makes absolute sense. And certainly not only from a returns cost perspective, but from a customer happiness and retention perspective, even if conversion rates stay the same, but you have much happier customers at the end of it, they're buying the right products for the right situation and they're not returning them, then that means that you're likely to retain them at a much higher rate. And as we know, with exploding CAC costs, it's much better to retain a customer than it is to try, out, uh, try to go out and get a new one. So I guess there are dramatic commercial benefits on either side of the coin. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And as we know, people are sometimes too lazy to send products back. But in this way, we can really make sure that the client will like the product, the size fits and so on and so forth. As you mentioned, the customer satisfaction level, what we've heard from merchants, from re retailers also goes up. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And I see that you've got the pretty traditional SaaS model of charging for your your platform so you've got these levels you've got these three primary levels built into how you price up your technology and but it's not 100 percent clear to me so maybe you can step me through this you've got the level one which is free things carpets 3d templates which is the 3d creation phase you've got the level two furniture fireplaces machinery from 50 euro then we've got level three 290 euro and i'm guessing those are monthly fees level three is hot tub saunas houses that kind of thing but is this based on the number of SKUs? is this based on the number of images that you host and create is this based on number of conversions of those products when they've viewed the 3d images of the products and then they've converted how does this translate into a real world costing form so the first step as you now saw is the 3d model creation so this depends on the model complexity and quantity of course if they don't have 3d models yet things artworks carpets and so on is free so they can create that in real time on our platform there's not a lot of human modeling effort to be done and the other levels are like Furniture is medium, I would say it's around 50 euro per model. So the AI human 3D creation. And then we have a lot of more complex products like hot tub, saunas and so on, where 
we really need to look into those tiny details. This is like the initial integration fee has nothing to do with SaaS actually. The SaaS part then is the 3D AR viewer software. And this you simply pay per month and based on SKUs. So for example, if you have 100 SKUs and want to try them on, etc., you would be somewhere at 250 a month. Okay. So that's based on SKUs. Okay. I see now when I'm on your pricing page here. So the creation of the products in the system for level two complexity of product, looking at 50 euros roughly per SKU. And then, then when we get into the SaaS hosting side of things, that's based on basically catalog size, complexity of catalog, et cetera. So basically it looks like your enterprise level, the most someone would pay for that ongoing hosting, the analytics, the integrations, animations, hot spotting with linkage to specific, maybe multiple products within one image, et cetera. That's 249 euro per month. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we really love to look beyond the edge and add animation, etc. For example, we recently developed a solution for T-Mobile online shops, online shops, so they sell smartphones. It was part of an extending reality challenge. And we developed this virtual shopping assistant. So an avatar would be on your table and explain to you different smartphones. You can check the size, you can compare it. And the smartphone, of course, also in front of you in AR. So it's really more than just, okay, place one 3D model in your own home. But this was highly interactive and very profound actually in the way we shop today. So this almost becomes like a full-blown virtual consultant at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and look, even at 50 euros per SKU, if you've got 20,000 SKUs in your catalog, that could get expensive pretty fast in terms of overall investment on board your catalog into the platform as an initial setup cost. So would you recommend in those scenarios, look, pick the top 10%, pick the top 20% of the products in your catalog or the high friction products in your catalog that perhaps are the hardest to visualize in a physical space or that are subject to the highest returns. Maybe, may, do you help merchants go through a process of search and select of the products in their catalog that are the most appropriate or maybe the most high ROI to onboard into your technology as opposed to just taking the shotgun approach and doing everything all at once? Yeah, I always recommend it. Start slow, so to say, test it out. How do you, your clients really use the AR? And the most obvious ways, of course, checking which kind of products bring the most revenue. And then you can easily calculate your ROI. We've seen that conversion rate increases between 15 and 20%. That's a very realistic approach. And then you simply check which kind of product would bring that ROI. But also checking which kind of products get returned the most. Maybe, as you said, it's super difficult to visualize them. In pictures, people are very unsure about maybe size, etc. So this would be the second product group, so to say, where I would definitely recommend guys go for this one. As you said, the 10 to 20% top sellers would be the best approach. Makes absolute sense. That's how I'd approach it. If I was if I was administering an online store, that would definitely be where I would start. And those high return items high friction items, you know, those are the items that I would absolutely start with in terms of investment. Makes complete sense there. Now, 
how do you prefer that people get a hold of you? Just for everybody who's listening, if they want to find the URL, it's amazing, M-A-Z-I-N-G-X-R.com. Is it best that they simply go to that your website, start out there, reach out to you via there, start now, maybe do a free trial to begin with, or would you prefer that they maybe reach out to you on LinkedIn or how is everyone best to get a hold of you? Yeah, website is the best way, but also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect with me. I try to post regularly and also not just advertising amazing, but just try to provide as much value as I can on LinkedIn educating people around AR, VR, what's new here. So if you're just interested in AR, VR, let's connect and exchange. Whenever you have questions, just shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Great. And just as a reminder, I'll put the, I'll put the link to your profile in the description of the podcast. But if they're looking for you on LinkedIn right now, it's Manuel Mesna, M-E-S-N-E-R. And yeah, they can go and check you out on LinkedIn. Now, what's What's on your guys' roadmap? Now, obviously, I know some of this may be commercially sensitive, but what are your customers asking you for today that maybe you don't offer already? Or what do you see as super high priority on your product development list over the next, say, six to 18 months? What's super high priority for you guys right now? So in the furniture industry, it would be quite obviously placing more products than one in your own space and really removing maybe even products which are now in your own few space in your own home. So really this more interactive way, more than just one model. And then on the try-on side, it would be definitely jewelry. So we're getting more and more requests also from that side. So within this year, we're really trying to expand this and expanding our verticals, our niches in this way. Love it. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Look, it's it effectively extending and enhancing your existing platform to where it is more suitable for different catalog items, different verticals, etc. It makes complete sense. Why wouldn't you start there? And why wouldn't you be able to serve existing customers, perhaps that have a really broad ranging catalog, being able to support that broad range of products makes complete sense, super smart product and extension there. Now, we're at the point of our podcast where we're nearing the end of our time together. And I thank you so much for your time with me today, where I get to flip the script. I get to hand the microphone over to you, and I get to let you ask me one question, any question you like. can be professional, can be personal, doesn't matter. But I'd like to turn the microphone over to you, Manuel Messner from Amazing. Thank you, Jason. Where would you see e-commerce shopping experience in five years? Maybe you can describe the buying experience the journey here wow that's such a great question and it, it's it, trying to read the tea leaves or the crystal ball of the market is always really difficult i try to see where the market is going through the lens of both feedback to my content but also actually literally seeing what people are doing and i would have said if you'd asked me this 12 months ago i would have said that vr experiences were going to become a lot more common within five to ten years but I think the likes of FTX and some of the other things that have happened in the market have seriously dented option of Web3 and investment into Web3. And so I think that's probably set back VR option by at least a decade. And I think Web3 has been injured quite substantially as a result of it overall. But I do think AR, I, I really do. And this isn't just to blow smoke up your backside because this is the technology space that you play in. But I definitely think AR is going to become much, much more common. And it's not just going to be 
from a commerce perspective, I think this is going to be integrated into daily life in ways that we can't fully appreciate yet. For example, I've just moved to Mexico. We're in Mexico City now. And I would love, so I, I wear prescription lens glasses. Now, not everybody wears glasses. Even people that don't wear prescription lens glasses, they might wear sunnies, et cetera, et cetera. Or if the AR experience was good enough with AR overlays over their daily life, almost like a, a heads up display, almost like a HUD display on their daily life to where they could see speech bubbles, to where they could see if I was walking down the street and I wanted to visualize in my physical space how far away a destination was for me from where I am today. If I could just have that as a floating icon, almost like a bubble icon, almost like a Google Maps icon, I could see where things were. I could visualize if on my phone, I was looking for a specific product at a specific location, and then my glasses could guide me there. And then also once I was physically within the retail space, if I could be guided to the location within the physical store where that product was, or let's say at home, I add a product to my shopping cart, that is automatically synced to my smart glasses. I walk into a physical store. My Using NFC, they can detect that I've entered the store because I've got their app loaded onto my phone, and I can be physically guided to the items that are in my shopping cart directly within that store, mapping physical spaces. I think the conversion or the overlap between physical and digital will be blurred massively. But I think that merchants, as of today, there's still things they could do today that are much that they wouldn't require as much of a heavy lift and they could merge the online offline experience in ways that they aren't already, i.e. QR codes on specific aisles of products to where it's like you could have the endless aisle via QR code by being taken to that category of products online via smartphone just simply by scanning a physical printed QR code in store. I think there's lots of ways we can converge the online offline experience and retailers aren't thinking far enough ahead on that. But I think AR is going to facilitate that in ways we just can't even imagine right now. I love that. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. So look, Manuel, this has been an amazing discussion. I really appreciate your time. You sounds like you've got amazing technology. Great play on words there with your branding. Love it. Appreciate so thank it. you so much for your time. I'd love to get you back on the podcast in another 12, 18 months and see where amazing what you've done in terms of product development and in new verticals that you're working in. So thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Sounds great, Jason. Thank you so much. Are you a B2B or D2C e-commerce merchant? Then head over to greenwoodconsulting.net to learn how we can help you scale your business.